Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Troy Baum with the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. Good to have you here on a bright and shiny uh, Monday morning. I guess it is. What's the date today, though? September the 10th of 2007 in the year of our Lord. Good to have everyone here. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Can you believe it's already another Monday? It, it seems like I was just last Monday I was saying welcome to another Monday. But man, it's just amazing how when you're serving Jesus, it just flies on through and it becomes the ever so quickly come Lord Jesus. You know, you think about when we were kids, it seemed like every day lasted an eternity. But now it seems like, man, just the days are just flashing by. And, uh, you know, I think about the word that talks about for the elect's sake, even those days should be shortened. Now, now think about the applicability of that in our lives right now. The, the days and the seasons are just so short. It's almost like for the, the mercy of God is rushing us through. That way we're not caught up in so many of the, 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 the dalliances of the, of the world and just have the opportunity to serve Him, to know Him. But had a great weekend. I hope you guys did too in Jesus. I want to welcome those that are with us for the very first time. This is the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies, and I'm Pastor Troy Bond. Servant of the Lord Jesus Christ and of the body of Christ. Good to be here with you today. What we do is we're here every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we're doing a study in the Word. Presently we're uh, doing an expository teaching on the book of Romans. And we've been having a fantastic time. Uh, if you've missed out on any of those, I believe we've got how many? 67? 67 classes in the tank. And don't think you've missed that. Today, 68? 69 today. Wow, we're rushing in on 70. Anyway, we have those classes available online if you go to our uh, website. It's right there across the screen at the bottom of the page, www.biggrace.com. You can click on Raven Institute. And we have a blog set up that you can go download those. All those links are good. Some of those links were bad. And I went in there yesterday and updated all those links. So all those links are good to the first. I believe I've got the first 50 or so classes that are actually on that site. Or you can go to my regular blog at www.ravenoutreach.blogspot.com and get those as well. So got those fixed for those of you that wanted to download those earlier classes. Some of those classes are getting hit. Uh, up to 10,000 times. And so it's really just a blessing to know that word's going forth. We've got several pastors, and I want to welcome them if they're listening to this in a delayed fashion or on uh, MP3, or some of them may be live with us that are in uh, uh, Africa and Pakistan and in India that are taking these classes and using those in their indigenous Bible classes and Bible schools there in their countries to train up and raise up leaders. And folks, that's really why we're here. We're here to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so if you're wondering why we're here, we're not here just to fill our head with some type of knowledge or wisdom or anything else. We're here to get equipped for the work of the ministry, to, to be able to go and give a man an answer for that reason, for that hope of glory. And so if you're if you're here and you're getting all this good stuff and you're not doing anything with it, you know, your blood be up on your own head. Because what it's like, it's like God giving you the answer, the the uh, the antidote for a, uh, for a dire disease and you just keep that tucked away in your pocket. Folks, listen. What God has given us and trusted us for, He intends for us to use to expand His kingdom and bring people to salvation. So that's why we're here. Like I said, if you're here for the first time, if you've got any questions that you want to ask or want answered here on the air or just privately through email, you can email me, once again, Pastor Toy, and my email address is raven, R-A-V-E-N, at biggrace.com. Be glad to answer your question to the best of my ability. If I don't know the answer, I'll pose it to our audience and let them help me out as well. So any questions that you might have or want answered, we'd be glad to do that right here in this format. Thank you for putting that up there, but that's not my email address. <laughs> that's the French version. No, she'll put that up there the way it should be, but 
We'll have it actually up there. Thank you, studio audience, Raven Deb. There she goes. She got that corrected. Uh, but first, you don't succeed. Try again. She did well. Anyway, good to have you guys. Good to have Pastor Terry finally in the fold. Uh, today, we was wondering about you just for a second. Pastor Terry got really a blessing. He's working to, to get uh, all their gear packed up. He's going to be coming here and helping uh, with Raven International, and specifically Raven Daytona Beach. So just pray for those guys that, that God will just give them uh, wisdom and favor and just uh, good travel mercies when they begin to travel at the end of the, uh, the, 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 the month. Anyway, let's go to the Lord in prayer and just dive right into the Word today. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to know you. Well, God, and that's really all it comes down to. It's just knowing you and to becoming intimate with you through your Word. And we thank you that you speak to us, Lord God, and that, that, that your sheep hear your voice. And Lord God, if there's any question, Lord God, as to your voice or what you're trying to say to us, Father, you've given us a Word, Lord God, that just echoes your heart, Lord God, and your spirit. We thank you that this, this word is the lamp unto our feet. It is the light unto our path. We thank you that it is our source, Lord God. And the word says that we've been given a more sure word of prophecy, Lord God. And we thank you that it is steadfast and immovable, Lord God. Father, just always abounding in your glory as we just seek your face, Lord God, through your word, through prayer, through our worship and adoration of you. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord God, all across the world, Lord God, today. Father, they just need a touch from you. just need you to move in, Lord God, and touch them and minister to them in a powerful way. We thank you, Lord God, that your hand is not short today, that you cannot heal, that you cannot deliver. Lord God, that your ear, Lord God, is inclined, Lord God, and you are listening, Lord God. To, and it's, it's, you, we have your attention, Lord God, because you have us, Lord God, held in the, in the palm of your hand, even inscribed, Lord God, in the palm of your hand. And we just ask, Lord God, right now, Father, we, what I want is an acceleration Lord God, of destiny, Lord God. I just want an acceleration of those things, those promises that you've made and desire to see in our lives. We want a, an acceleration of those things. Lord God, your word says that you're not slack concerning your promises, as some men count slackness, but you're long-suffering, Lord God, to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Father, I thank you that repentance, Lord God, is not just the way to salvation, but it's also the way to our destiny. It gets us thinking the way that you desire us to think, Lord God. And there's things, Lord God, that you've deposited in your, your body, Lord God, uh, in promises and callings and in giftings. That, Lord God, I just want to see the, 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 the full fruit and manifestation of these things for my brothers and sisters that you've called and you put a vision in their heart. Father, I'm just praying, Lord God, that things will begin to line up. Lord God, us first and foremost, that our hearts would be lined up with righteousness, Lord God, and we would do righteously before you. That way, Lord God, we, we'd be found faithful over the little things that you can make us ruler over the big things. Father, just cause an acceleration of those things, Lord God, as we just draw nigh unto you with a pure heart in Jesus' name. Name. Father, we just ask today, Lord God, anything that is impeding, Lord God, our progress into that place that you have for us, Lord God, just reveal it, Lord Jesus. Reveal it even by fire, Lord God, that those things would be burned up, Lord God. We would be like that that iron plunge, Lord God, into the, 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 the fire, Lord God, in Jesus' name. That we would be the ones that are placed into that environment that's going to purge out all those iniquities, Lord God, and all those infirmities, and all those things, Lord God, that would cause us, Lord God, to be non-reflective of you. We want to be reflective of Christ Jesus and His character. Father, pray for those that are sick in body. Ask for a touch for them, Lord God. Ask for healing for the nations, Lord God, because of the blood of Jesus. And Lord God, we just ask for Your wisdom here today. Father, I confess that I'm unable apart from Your Holy Spirit. But I thank You, Lord God, that we have a Holy Spirit.
Spirit living within us, Lord God, the third person of the Trinity, of the Godhead, Lord God, God the Holy Ghost, who's come down to lead and guide us into all truth. And we are completely, Lord God, and desperately dependent upon Him, Lord God, for any revelation, for any truth, for any understanding of Your Word. And we thank You, Lord God, for Your holiness, for Your righteousness, Lord God, and Your love for us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen and Amen. Once again, good morning and... Uh, we are in the book of Romans, the sixth chapter. I'll let you turn there where I'm getting a sip of the good stuff this morning. Uh, we had a good time out at Beach Church yesterday. Pastor Alex preached a great word on the subject of faith. And uh, good word. And so I just trust that you guys that were in fellowship various places around the world uh, got equally as blessed as well yesterday. But today we're going to dive right back in. Isn't it good? You know, what I love is that we don't have to worry about waiting for the next week. That, uh, man, it is give us this day our daily bread. And really, this is a type of daily bread. And so, it's good to be able to come on a daily basis and get fed and get built up in the Word of God and to allow the Word of God to, to, to strengthen us and to uh, encourage us on a daily basis. Folks, listen, uh, if, if you only ate uh, a physical meal once a week, uh, you, you'd, you'd find yourself by the, the middle of the week uh, having a craving. You'd find yourself getting weak in, in the natural. And folks, it's the same thing about the Word of God. You can't expect to go and just show up at a church on a Sunday morning and, and get a little bit of something and think that that's going to get you. You know, really, our church services are, are, are a little more than a snack in most cases. And you know, it's just a place that really it's the appetizer to get you busy during the week studying the Word of God and knowing the Word of God. So I encourage you really to make a commitment. I know many of you have made this commitment. have been here week after week for nearly 70 weeks now, uh, as we are 70 uh, lessons, I should say, uh, just uh, studying the Word of God. And I hope it's whet the appetite for you to go beyond even what you're hearing here. Because once again, this isn't the where-all, end-all. This is... Uh, just depositing in you what God is depositing in us. That way you can search the Scriptures to see if it's so according to Acts 17.11 and having a Berean-like type of faith. So I hope that's what you're getting and that's what you're doing and that you're applying those principles that, that God is teaching you through His Word. Romans chapter 6, verses 1-5 through 5, I want to read this morning. It says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Do you not know that as many of us that were baptized unto Christ were baptized unto his death? Uh, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Folks, we talked about the book of Romans really just kind of being that what I call the Magna Carta of the, of the New Covenant. It is really the, 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 the bread, the butter, the bones, and everything in between in relationship to the Word of God. And it really it sets the, 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 the basis for everything else that we see within the, the epistles. And even it, it really uh, uh, brings to light the teachings of Jesus in the, in the Gospels as well. And how that covenant, when Jesus primarily spoke to a Jewish people in, in, in the Gospels, how we see the, ex, uh, the extension of that covenant into the Gentiles or to, to those that were not Jews. And that's us here today. And so it's, it's really, you, you've seen that if you've been with us uh, for any of the lessons, you see that it's not just a, a, a history lesson about, okay, here's what they went through. But you see, in every single scripture, literally, there's just such a depth and a breadth to everything that, that, that Paul is writing to us. And, and it's just such a life-giving thing. And so I hope that you're, you're seeing it for what it is. And it's creating really that, that, 
that hunger and that desire and that appreciation for the Word of God in such a, a new way. And I want to kind of give just a uh, read off kind of a review of where we've been for the last week as, as we kind of jump into uh, our, our subject matter today. But really the question was, I'll just kind of read this in, in my little version of it. Uh, the question was asked, which, uh, which must be asked of us on a daily basis. What are we trying to say? Are we going to continue to live the same way as believers that we did uh, before we got saved, just so that we can appeal to, the, to God's grace in a bigger way? You've got to be kidding me. If that is the way you see it, then you do not understand grace at all. How can someone who has died to the sinful nature walk in, uh, in agreement with the things of the flesh? Something is just not right about that. It does certainly not represent a born-again life, maybe a religious life, but not a person transformed by the power of the blood of Jesus. Uh, we have got to realize that, 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 that once we become purged from our own lives and nature through the fire of the Holy Spirit, that we have been rendered into a new creation. We have been placed into a new spiritual environment, and the composition of who we are is changed. Because we have become slaves to righteousness and have allowed the bit of God's Word to be buried deep within our souls, that the bridle of power, holiness, compassion, and even faithfulness directs everything about our walk in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is not my co-pilot. He is the one who drives and directs everything about my life as I am submitted unto His will. I have dug a deep hole for the things of the flesh, and I've abandoned the shallow grave mentality of my past. Then I will have victory over the sin nature, and will also be a partaker of the benefits of this great salvation as well. So that's kind of a nutshell of what we talked about this past week that, 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 that gives us the mechanics. And I hope you're getting this. If not, go back and listen to the last three or four messages and in classes on this because you've got to get a hold of the, the mechanics of victory. And when a brother that's, uh, that's on here today, he asked me, he said, you know, how do, you get, how do I get to Romans 6? And that's it. And I, and I just told him in a nutshell, I said, dig a deeper hole. And that's really what it is, folks. We need to, we need to dig deep into the things of God. And as we dig deeper into that, what we're doing is we're removing the dirt is what it is. When you dig a hole, what are you doing? You're removing dirt from one place and you're providing a, a place or a reservoir for God to deposit it. And so as, as we do that, what God does is, is, is he, he, he buries that old man and He brings alive the new man. And so really, folks, what we've got to do is learn to, to dig deeper holes and not just kind of uh, pad stuff over. And where does that start? It starts right here. It starts with, with your prayer life. It starts with reading the Word of God. Uh, you're, you're not going to, uh, to get victory if you, all you're living is a now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep type of uh, prayer life and, 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 and Word. If, you know, if, you're, if your Word is, is little more than uh, John 3.16 on a placard at a football game, you're, you're not digging very deep and so as a result you're not going to have uh, much victory and, and you're certainly not going to see fulfillment of the things God has called you to. God just cannot trust you to advance you in the promises that He has for you unless you're faithful to walk in obedience to the commands that He's given you. Did, I, did you hear what I said? I said God cannot trust you to promote you to the promises that He's given you if He cannot uh, trust you to be faithful in the commands that He's given you. And so we've got to be obedient, and that obedience is better than our sacrifice and saying we're doing all these other things. We've got to be obedient in the things that God uh, said in His Word for us to do. And as a result of that obedience, we're going to reap the fruit of that relationship with Him. So I want us to look at verse 5 again. I just barely got to touch on it last week. But I want to touch on verse 5 a bit this morning as we uh, continue in this. In verse 5, I want to read it before I comment on it. It says, for we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, and we shall also be in the likeness 
of his resurrection. And uh, I want to read, I'm going to stop right there just for a second. One of, one of the things that, that Paul brought out in those first four verses until we get there is, you know, the, there's, there's a key thing that he said there, and that's that word, if. Did you see that? And if you if you got your Bibles right there, I want you to circle that real quick. He says, if you have been planted together in the likeness of death, if, 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 there's that the big if. He says, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Folks, listen, the, the, the Word of God is, is full of ifs. Sometimes what you need to do is get your concordance out and just look up the word if and look at all the ifs in there. You know, sometimes we think that, you know, we, we back God into some type of spiritual corner or, or you know, we, we learn a little something or we walk a little aisle or create a little Christian mantra and we got it. But it's so full of ifs and that, that there's, there's two major things that, that I saw Paul bring out in those first four verses of chapter 6 and compare them maybe to what, what he may have showed you in those first four verses verses. Number one, that's when God saves a person, what he does is he separates them from the indwelling sinful nature that has governed them from birth. Folks, that's exactly what happened. We, we talked about that really in depth in these type of things, especially verse 3. That once we come to Christ, there's a separation from that old nature. And it's, it's like that, that iron that's, that's, that's put into the, 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 the fire. That the, 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 the smith puts it in and he puts that in and what it does, it separates all the impurities from that. Then he casts that into the water, which the water is the type of the Holy Spirit and it's the type of the Word. And what it does, it, it, it causes that to be put into another environment so it changes literally the composition of what it was. And so when you, get, when you come to Christ Jesus through faith, in, in the reality of that, that, that new birth, boom, something happens. You're separated from that, that indwelling sinful nature that, that literally had a hold of you from the time that you were born. And listen, folks, just like David said in, in Psalms 51, I can't underscore it, that, that, we, uh, that in sin we were conceived in our mother's womb. We, didn't, we weren't born in having somebody to teach us how to, uh, uh, to sin. No, that, that was present with us, that nature. Now, we grew into more sin and the, the acting out of those things, but when we were conceived from that very moment of conception, we were, we were conceived and left on our own, left without Christ Jesus. All we would do is fulfill the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the flesh is corruption and it's rebellion against God. But when we get saved, boom, there's a separation between those two things. And the believer, once this happened, and you've got to get this in your heart, once there's that separation at salvation, you come to Christ Jesus, the believer is no longer compelled to continue in their devotion to sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you get saved, you're not compelled or you're not required to, to be devoted to sin. You know, I hear people say all the time, you know what, you're, you're going to sin all the time. Well, you're going to do it, but if you do that, that's going to be by choice. You're not compelled to do that because you've been changed. And, you know, that, that old song back in the 80s, there was a, a group called Naughty by Nature. Folks, listen, that's who you were before Christ, but now you've got a new nature in Christ Jesus. And so you're righteous by nature. And so for you to sin and, and walk in devotion to sin after you get saved, basically what you're doing is you're walking contrary not to what you do, but you're walking contrary to who you are. Do you hear me? And so, the righteousness is what becomes inherent to you at salvation. Sin is something that is a foreign object that is injected into your life through disobedience to the will of God that's now come into your heart. 
Do you hear me? So you're no longer compelled. You're no longer required. It, it's not a must. You don't have to get up every day and you know what, Sam? I'm just an old, dirty, rotten sinner saved by grace. Well, you were a sinner. But when while we were yet sinners, we were devoted to sin. But folks, now he says that you are the righteousness of God. That he has imparted into you a new nature. And he has separated you through salvation, through the person of the Holy Spirit, from that old nature. Now, if you want to grab a hold of that, you can do that. That's your free will. That's your ability to do that. And so, ever, however, as he separates us from that, at the same time, that sin nature is left within the believer, though it's powerless to circumvent your will. But it's left there as a disciplinary measure against sin. And so when we get saved, there's a, there's a separation. From that, we've got a new nature. We become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new, according to 1 Corinthians 5.17. We're a brand new person. But... That old nature is there. It's powerless. And we're not compelled or we're not obligated to obey it. But it stands there as, 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 as something to bring discipline. For us to look at that thing and say, you know what? I know who I was. Why on earth would I want to go back to my old life? Why would I want to, uh, to give my will or give my person back over to that thing? Why would I want to re-pull the chains of bondage and the, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life? Why would I want to be yoked in that death grip of who I was when Christ Jesus has set me free from those things and He's yoked me with power and with holiness and with faith and, and compassion and those type of things where, where, where He gave me a new life. Romans 7.21, I'll, I'll just barely touch on it here uh, uh, in the 6th chapter, but we'll get into it obviously uh, a lot. But Paul the Apostle said, he said, I find a law, he said, within me that when I do good that evil is present with me. Folks, listen, as good as we want to be, as much as we want to do, as much as we serve God, there, there's an evil that's present with us. Now, is there an evil that has dominion over us? God forbid, it should not. But it's there. It's, it's, it's something that is crouched and laying at the door in wait to deceive. And it's a deceiver. And what it wants to do, it wants to talk you out of that relationship you got. Talk you out from being a, a reflective element of the will of God. Just, just like when the serpent who came and, and beguiled Eve and, and caused Adam and Eve to fall in the wilderness. It's present. Now, they didn't have to obey that, but that evil was present with them in the midst of that, of that garden, within, within the midst of that, that place of perfection. And folks, it's the exact same way with us. We have been perfected in Christ Jesus by faith in the blood. But in that, there's that, that evil that's present with us. It's that old nature, that old man that, that lays there, and it's always trying to beguile us. It's always trying to compel us. But folks, listen, I'm here to tell you today that you are not obligated to walk in sin. God, but but we, we understand that God's principle is governed by laws. He said, I find a law. A law is basically just a principle or, or, or something that's used to govern your conduct. And so it's just like a, a, a sign out on the highway that says 70 miles an hour. It's there to govern your conduct. Now, will that sign be there? Is, does it press your, uh, your gas pedal or your accelerator? Does it hit the brake? Does it No, it doesn't. It just stands as a principle along the way. It's the same thing with that old nature. It stands as a principle to warn us of something. If you see a sign that says, Danger, bridge out. It, it warns you that you're about to fall off into the ravine. If you see a, 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 a sign that says, uh, Bridges, or, or ice and cold weather. You know that you need to slow around because you're about to enter a slippery slope. It's the same way with that sin nature. What, we, what it's there for is constantly remind us of the danger that's ahead of us. 
And as long as I can always look back on the destruction and the death that my old sin nature caused, what it's going to cause me to do, what it should cause each and every one of us to do, is to continue to press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus, a faithfulness to those type of things. So that, that first principle was that God separates us from that old nature and no longer are we uh, uh, obligated or compelled to continue in our devotion to sin any longer. And the second principle that we learned is that it's salvation that God imparted into us the divine nature that gives us the desire and the will and the power to do righteousness. Folks, listen, we weren't just saved and kind of left on our own and say, okay, you're not there, you just got to sit somewhere and, and don't move or and isolate yourself and don't breathe or anything else. No, we've been separated from that old nature. and so. But once we're separated, now there's a divine nature that has been imparted unto us. Now think about what you have inside of you. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? There is the complete uh, manifestation, the complete power, the complete reality of the person of God resident inside of you. So everything that, that you subject yourself to, you're subjecting the holiness of God to. Everything that you look upon, you're forcing that to be gazed upon by the holiness and the righteousness of God. That's who's inside of you. Everything that you say has got to come past the, the divine nature that God has breathed into you at salvation that has come upon you to change and to transform you and literally to spiritually reanimate you into life. And so that's who is inside of you. You have got the tools. You have got the, the impartation. You have got deposited within you everything. Folks say all the time, God, well, you know, we, we sing this and we, we love this stuff in our in our in Christianity and charismatics and, and in the uh, mainline. We always say, God, come and I just want you to, to pour out yourself up on me. We come here and say, when the glory, when the praises go up, the glory comes down. Folks, i got news for you. You know, as great as all that sounds, and you know, uh, uh, we can go to the book of Psalms and read these things, but all that stuff that, that we quote many times was before the cross. And now you know where it's at? It's inside of us. He said, those that believe on the Scriptures, the Word says, out of their belly is going to flow rivers of living water. And so I'm not waiting on something to get poured on top of me as a believer. It's been deposited within me through the person of the Holy Spirit. And so the, the, the power to heal the sick, it's inside of me. The power to raise the dead, it's inside of me. The power to preach the gospel, it's inside of me. The power to walk in victory, it's inside of me. The power to, to have faith, it's inside of me. The power to, 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 to have compassion, all those things are inside of me. And what God wants us to do is tap that power or tap the divine nature that He's deposited inside of us. And so we're always praying, God, give me this. God, give me that. God, give me this. God, give me that. And God is saying, listen, I've given you everything. I've not withheld anything. I've not withheld anything from those that, that walk uprightly. And how do we walk uprightly? Through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. My sister quote, you know, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Where's he at? He's inside of us. There's somebody in the, in, in, in the person of the Holy Spirit that's been deposited us and has given us a new nature. And so listen, the problem is an external problem. The problem is an internal problem. He has separated you from that old nature. But what we've done so many times, rather than tap into who God said we are and what God said we should do and to obey those things, what we always listen to is that, that winnowing cry, that, that, that old man or that sin nature in the corner telling us that we can't do that. Trying to, get us to, trying to lull us back into that, that sleepy devotion to Him and not walk into the victory that God has given us. The, the Word says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, you, you know this first part of this especially well. This says, For by grace that we're saved through faith and not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Most people stop right there. 
And if you stop right there, that's as far as your victory is going to go. And you're going to find yourself constantly pushed back into the old nature. But he doesn't stop there to say we're just saved by, by grace through faith. Not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. He goes on and he says, uh, in verse 10, he says, We are his workmanship. We are that iron that was cast into the fire that has been burned up, that the, the impurities that has been dropped into the, to, to, the, the, to, the, to the water that's, that's become a new component. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. In other words, He's saying, listen, I haven't just separated you from the old man, but I've made you sharp like a sword. I put, I've made you the tool in my hand to, to bring forth righteousness, to bring forth judgment, to bring forth the word of, of hope and of life and of peace and deliverance and of salvation to those that are in captivity. Then in Philippians 2.13, Philippians 2.13, it says, For it is God which works in you, works where? He works in you, works outside of you, no. Works in agreement with you, no. He works in you to will and to do His good pleasure. And so, what is God desiring to do? He's desiring to work something. He's desiring to, 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 to do the spiritual labor inside of you that you won't just be willing, but you will do of His good pleasure. You know, when James talks about just being hearers of the Word and not doers, all he says we're deceived. Folks, if we think that it's God just for us to be willing and not doers... Listen, we're, we're liars because to will His good pleasure is only found in willing and doing. You can't have one without the other. You've got to say, you know what, God? I know I, you've called me to do this. This is what you've called me to say. And not only am I willing, but I'm going to do. And so, so many times people are always waiting on the, God's timing, uh, God's plan. I'm trying to think of some of these religious type of uh, buzz, uh, Christian buzzwords that we use all the time. What's, what's some other ones we, we think of? Timing, the will, the, uh, the, the plan. We, we do all these things. All those things have already been established once you get, you get born again. And so God is just waiting. He's, he's given us the will and He's given us the instructions on what to do through His Word. Now He's just wanting us to do His good pleasure. And so what we're supposed to do is, God, you know, I want you to do the... Yeah, there's one. We're just waiting on God like God's behind. No, God is waiting on us. And so if we want to know what, know what God has called us to do... To, to, what to be and if we want a specific calling you know what that specific calling is he said I've called you to be ministers of reconciliation and so sometimes I think we, we, we forget or we confuse would be a better word we confuse the, the, the calling of God with the, the mechanism of that calling and so really the calling of God for every one of us is an ambassador for Christ Jesus. It's to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Those that, that, that repent, that believe and are baptized are going to be saved. Those that are, don't, are, are, are damned, they're condemned, they're going to go to hell. And so our calling is to bring people into the kingdom. Now, the mechanics of that or how you go about doing that, really, it's, it's immaterial. If, if, if you're going to hand out tracts and share the word, do that. If you're going to stand on a, on a, on a, on a tombstone and you're on your father's grave like John Wesley did, do that, whatever it is. But the goal is, or the end of it has got to be, I'm going to, the will of God is that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So he wants us to not only have that will, but to actually go out and apply that will in everything that we do in our lives. And so the key, folks, is in, we talk about those two natures. That we've got that old nature, the sin nature, and we've got that, that new man, the, the divine nature, that's deposited in us through that, 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 that justification, through being justified through Him and having that, that, that righteousness imputed into us and put on deposit into our life. But the key is, 
isn't feeding the right will. You hear me? Okay, you're either going to walk in the will of the flesh or you're going to walk in the will of God. The key is in feeding the right will so that it will prevail over the other will. And so whichever one is being fed the best will fare the best. Okay, do you hear me? There you go. My sister put on the blog here, whatever you feed grows. Whatever is fed the best is will fare the best. And your spiritual diet will be revealed by your spiritual condition. What do we say in computer terminology? Garbage in and garbage out. Righteousness in, righteousness out. Faithfulness in, faithfulness out. Power in, power out. Unforgiveness in, unforgiveness out. Whatever you put in is going to be manifested in that. And so when people say, I'm not getting victory, well, there's no victory going into you. Because if victory was going in, victory would be coming out. And where's the victory? The Bible says that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. When I deposit into my person, into that divine nature that God has given me, faith through the Word of God, faith through a relationship with Him, faith and obedience, you know what I'm going to walk in? I'm going to walk in victory. Now, did I say my, all my circumstances can change? Absolutely not. But my circumstances have zero to do with my victory. My victory is not a temporal victory. My victory is an eternal victory. My, my, the words of my mouth don't communicate just a, 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 a temporal victory or a temporary victory or a natural victory. The words of my mouth and the communication from my heart is going to speak of that which is an eternal victory which is made manifest in Christ Jesus which has a devotion not to those things that are, that are below, but the things that are above. I set my affections on things above and not on those things beneath. My victory is not determined. It's not ascertained by the things of the flesh, but my victory is realized by who I am in Christ Jesus and by that mark which I press towards. So folks, listen. Whatever you're feeding yourself, it's going to come out of yourself. And so Galatians 6, 7 uh, and 8 says this. Galatians 6, 7 and 8 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. For he that sows to his flesh, uh, uh, will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit, will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And so whatever you're investing in your heart is what's going to come out of your heart, and it'll tell on you. Whatever you're listening to, whatever you're watching, the type of communication that you're involved in, it is going to tell on you, and it's what's going to make itself manifested uh, in your life. And so I just really got to ask myself and, and, and you the question too, is are you more devoted to the new nature, the divine nature, or are you more devoted to the sin nature? Do you spend more time saying, you know, God, how can I be more like Jesus? Or do you say, God, how can I be more like the world? And chances are you're not actually going to verbalize that or actually just blatantly say that, but the fruit of your life is going to make that type of thing manifest. That word, the if principle, I want to say this real quick before I go on. In verse 5, it says, if we have been planted together in Him. Really, that word if really could better be said in view of the fact that we have been planted together in Christ Jesus. There should be certain attributes present with us as a result of that union. So if I say I'm in Christ Jesus, there ought to be certain factual things that are made manifest as a result of my union with Christ. And where it says, if you've been, I love this, it said, if we've been planted together in the likeness of His death, that word likeness is, is, is homioma, homioma. H-O-M-I-O-M-A is a good uh, English spelling of that Greek word. Homeoma. And it's from the, uh, the, root, uh, the Greek root homo. And you know, we, uh, we have words, uh, that word homo just means to be like. You know, we, the word homosexual, that means somebody is attracted to someone of the like sex. 
uh, homogeneous. That means it's a, it's a, if it's a homogeneous mixture, it means it's a, it's a like mixture. A homogeneous. That is, the, it's, the, it's the same genetic uh, code. And so anything that, that's homo, it means to be like. And so we are, we are made in the, 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 the homeoma of Christ Jesus. So we are made in the likeness of Him. We're made in something that is similar to Him. It, it, it's, 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 and it's really not unlike that, that, that reflective image that we talked about out of Genesis 1 where Adam was, was created in the likeness uh, of God. He said, let us make man in our image or in our likeness, that, that homeoma in the, in the Greek. And so man was, was, was created in the beginning to be like him, to be reflective of him because like reflects like. Do you hear me? Like, not like, like reflects like. Like, like will be similar. And what's interesting about that is that word is is a word that's also uh, much like where it's talking about Siamese twins that are there. And we talked about that 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 being a twin too and being removed from that old. But really, a Siamese twin they have the same they have the same DNA, but they're connected. And so when we're connected to Christ Jesus, we're like Him. And what are we doing? We're fused together with Him. And so we become uh, we become a partaker of Him. We become part of His body. We become the body of Christ. Fused together with him. So, verse 6, jump on down to another verse. Uh, Romans chapter uh, uh, 6, verse 6. He said, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. And so, he, he tells us, I'm going to go up a verse. He said, If we have been planted together in the likeness of, uh, of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that the old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Now, listen to that first part of that verse. It says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. What it does, this refers to the person that the believer was before they got saved. And who was that person? That was a person that was totally depraved, that was totally unregenerate, that was totally wicked, that was, that was, that was totally rotten and everything about them. Here's what the problem, I believe, is uh, in, in quote-unquote Christendom. And I, and I believe the problem is, is, is maintained and it's, it's, it's stayed at the forefront because of the preaching that goes forth, or, or literally the lack of preaching that goes forth. People come to Jesus not really believing that they really do need Him because they're really not that bad. Do you hear me? So much, you know, I've been in so many churches across this nation, and it's almost like uh, salvation is being just offered as just kind of a, a fringe benefit of going to church. And so, really, what it is, it's we, we've got to understand that before Christ Jesus, that that old man has got to be totally and completely destroyed. That there was nothing salvageable. That there was nothing good. There, there was nothing righteous. And, and you know, it's 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 what's what's interesting about that is people will look. And when I say people, I'm talking about quote-unquote church folks, church-going people. Not, not people that, 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 that are in the world. Exactly, brother. People are not repenting at all. Because they're not being told to repent, because they don't think there's anything really to repent from. They're not coming to Jesus because they're rotten. They're coming to Jesus because it's just going to be a fringe benefit or offering them a better deal. It's going to be a, just a better package. And so think about this for just a second. What, what people are told is you, you come to Jesus and you're not too bad. That they think that the bad people are the rapists and the murderers and the child molesters and the thieves and the robbers. Those are the people that, that were wicked. 
And so those are the people that really need God. You hear people say stuff like that. Boy, that, that person really does need Jesus. That person, that person needs God. Folks, listen. Every single one of us were wretched. We were depraved. We were unregenerate. We were wicked. We were vile. We were totally and utterly corrupt apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. What that has done, and we see it in so many aspects of even what we call Christianity, is that uh, yeah we they don't we don't, they don't see a need for their savior and the savior and they don't uh, they they think that they're doing God a favor and they don't even know what repentance is, but what they do is is they they come to him, and and they think, uh, listen, there's not a whole lot about me that needs to be changed. I just want to get to to heaven one day. And as a result of that, it, it adds all these asterisks. You see all these commercials on television about, I think it's about a phone company or something, these asterisks. And it's, it's the, the great asterisks of Christianity. And, and we think that, listen, God, God would never uh, send somebody to hell. A loving God would never send somebody to hell just because they didn't know. No, absolutely not. We're wicked. We're depraved. And every single one of us, regardless if we got a lollipop in our hand or if we got a gun in our hand, we, we are wicked and we're, we, we are contrary to the holiness of God. And we've got to come to that realization of that. What that will do for you and I as believers, as students of the Word of God, and as ministers of reconciliation, that will change the way that we repent. We will go after people just like the person says, you know, listen, I need to go to death row and preach to those guys that are about to, to go to the electric chair or to, to the uh, or to the firing squad or the, the lethal injection or whatever it may be in that, that, that place. But I've got to go because those people are about to enter eternity. Folks, listen, everybody is on the firing squad apart from Lord Jesus Christ. They're laying on the gurney. They're about to have the, 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 the medicine of hell delivered into their, 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 their soul and destroyed. And we have got to be the ones that recognize that and say, listen, I've got to preach the gospel to them in power and authority because they are wicked. They just do not see the calamity that they find themselves in. We've got to come to that point. Folks, but listen, what is being crucified? You know, we think about it. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But it's not I that live, but Christ that lives in me. What does it mean to be crucified? Listen, folks. Crucifixion is just what I'm talking about. It is a form of capital punishment. And so I have been lethal injected for Christ. I've been electrocuted. I've been hanged for Christ Jesus. The only one that went through it for us was the one that didn't deserve it. was Jesus Christ. He bore that. He suffered that for us. He bore that upon the cross of Calvary. He was crucified. And now what do we've got to do? We've got to identify with that punishment, which is, is reserved. Listen, capital punishment is, is not just given for a jaywalker or some petty thief. It's reserved for the most sinister of criminals. And so the, the, the Word tells us, think about it. If, 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 if I am buried with Him in, in, in baptism unto His death, then I'm raised with Him to the glory. I've got to, to die to sin. I've got to be crucified with Christ. I've got to identify with that place on a daily basis. I've got to die daily. I've got to recognize every single day that the very best that I ever deserved was that death penalty, was to be put to death on a daily basis. And as a result of that, I will look at that old sin nature and I will be able to operate within the strength of those mechanics and say, uh uh-uh, that's who I was. And all that person deserved was death, hell, and the grave. That's all they deserved was that destruction. But because I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, I've got to walk in that newness. Why? Because I am His workmanship created unto good works. Folks, we are those people that had been committed, that had been sentenced to a, a spiritual death row because what we did 
in, in just being who we were. Not necessarily our acts, but by very, the very nature of our person was that we were, we were born to commit the most detestable and unspeakable acts against the holiness of God. And we were the evil ones that were making headlines in heaven. you hear me? Maybe not the headlines because we were some serial rapist or, or, a, or a serial killer. But listen, all those things were making headlines in heaven. The Bible says that one day the books will be opened and it says man will be judged for every vile or, or, or even every vain word that he has spoken. Anything that we've done, every idle word, anything that we've done, there is a record that's going to be read. Those are the headlines in heaven. And the only one way to get away from being literally a spiritual public enemy, number one, is to allow ourselves, boom, through the power of the blood of Jesus to be separated from that person and not any longer to be identified with that. We have been crucified with Him. We have been put on death row. We are not looking for some stay of execution. We are not looking to appeal to the governor. We are not wanting our sentence probated for time served. What we are wanting to say is kill that man. Kill that man. Pull that switch. Do whatever you have to do to kill that wretched individual that I was and allow me to walk in the power. Let that body of sin be destroyed. Let that one be destroyed who I was. Philippians 3. 17 through 19. 3, 17 through 19 says this. It says, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk, even as you have us for an example. Now listen to verse 18 of Philippians 3. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Now listen, Paul's writing to the church at Philippi. He's writing to people that, that boast about being Christians. But he's told, he said this. He said, listen, you, you should walk in righteousness. You should walk in the power of God. Read the whole Philippian letter. You'll see what he's talking about. I've been crucified with Christ. Uh, that when, he, when he's talking about that whole principle, he's saying, you know what? I, I forgot who I was, and I pressed towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. He says that he who began a good work in me is going to be faithful to complete that work to the day of Christ Jesus. That's what he's talking about in Philippians. But he said, there's some that are going to boast of that. He said, but you need to mark them. He said, because I'm telling you now, and he said, I'm telling you through tears that they are enemies of the cross. And in verse 19, listen to this. He says their end is destruction. He said because their God is their belly and their glory is in their shame and they are only mindful of earthly things. Folks, listen. There is a whole uh, 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 group within Christianity anymore that really their whole message is about earthly things. Now think about that. They'll preach a message and say, listen, uh, I'm going to preach a, a gospel to you that's just going to make you rich. That's going to put you in a, a, a convertible Bentley. That's going to put you in a Rolls Royce. That's going to cause you... That, folks, listen. Your God cannot be your belly. Your God cannot be what's gathering together those things for you. What does the Scripture liken them to? It says that they are enemies of the cross. And if they are enemies of the cross, they are no longer His. Their end is going to be destruction. I don't care what they try, how they try to parlay that into something else. I don't care how they try to dilute it down into something else. I don't care. Once you inject that, that, that substance of the enemy of the cross, what you become is you are preaching another gospel. And the Bible says if any man comes preaching another gospel, I don't care if it's Paul, I don't care if it's Troy Bond, I don't care if it's an angel of heaven. He said, let them be accursed. Any gospel that causes you to go and to satisfy the lusts and the longing of the old nature is not the gospel of Jesus Christ at all. That old man it talked about there, knowing that your old man is crucified. That old man is paleos. 
And it means that thing which is worn out, that thing which is useless, that thing that is only fit for the scrap pile, that thing which is rubbish. He said, your old man has got to be crucified with Christ because it is not even worth recycling. It is dead. Burn it up. Throw it in the fire. Let it be consumed. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin is the second part of that verse. Folks, listen. The reason those things are crucified, the reason we've got to give those things the death sentence, is that that body of sin might be destroyed, that we should not serve sin. Now, now think about that. When I say the body of sin should be destroyed, now when you read that, are you thinking about that where you're at? What, what do you think that is? That the body of sin might be destroyed. You know, you may think, well, the, the body of it, the fullness of it, or whatever else. The body of sin, literally, what it means is that one day we're going to be given back that glorified body. Do you hear what I'm saying? It was, it's the one that is not beholden to the sin nature. Do you hear me? If we're crucified with Christ now, the body of sin one day is going to be destroyed that we shall no longer serve sin. I want to, I want to explain that to you just a little bit. Look at this from, from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to read several verses, 45 to verse 58. 1 Corinthians 15. I want you to look at this in relationship to Romans 6.6. 6. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 to 48. Check this out. When I say the body of sin, I'm talking about this thing that we're housed in now that is so hard, that is, that is, is so tough to overcome. Anybody but me have to battle this thing tooth and nail? Literally, you've got to just ball up your spiritual fist and just, and just punch that nature out. This, this body of sin that we live in now, it, it, it wants to be lazy. It wants to be complacent. It wants to be wicked. It wants to be satisfied. But if I crucify myself on a daily basis, one day I'm going to be free from this body of sin. Now it says, and so it is written, the first Adam was made a living soul, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Okay? How, how be it that the first was not which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterwards that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthly. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthly, such are they also that are earthly. And as is the heavenly, they are also which are heavenly. What he's saying is, listen, if I'm sowing, and here's what we talked about earlier, if I'm sowing to the flesh... What am I going to be? I'm going to be fleshly. If I'm walking and trying to do something and accomplish something here on earth, I'm going to be earthly. But if I'm, my focus is heavenward and heavenly, I'm going to be walking in the fulfillment of those things that are heavenly. Do you hear what I'm saying? He, he tells us this. He said, Don't lay up treasure for yourself on earth where moth and dust corrupt, where thieves break through and steal, but rather lay up for your treasures for yourself in heaven where moth and dust do not corrupt, thieves do not break through and steal. Why? Because where your treasure is... Your heart's going to be. And so if I'm always wanting to build up something here on earth, what's going to be? My heart is going to be earthly. And so everything's going to be, I'm going to say, God, you know what? God, give me this. God, give me that. You know what I want God to give me? God, give me souls. Because I know that at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to stack up, the only thing that is that I can take out of this world as any type of testimony is the preaching of Jesus to the lost and dying, that they'll, they'll believe, they'll repent, and they'll be saved. Lord God, give us souls lest we die. He said, ask of me and I will give you the heathen for your inheritance. I don't want an inheritance of the, of, of, of the flesh. I don't want an inheritance of this earth. Earth. Why? Because this thing is going to be burned 
up and the elements it says are going to melt with a fervent heat. But the thing about it is, I know that those things that are sown in righteousness are going to produce souls for the kingdom of, of heaven. So it goes on to say in verse 49, and it says, And we have borne the image of the earthly, yet we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. We shall, we shall get that, that, that likeness or that image or that, 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 that homeoma. We're going we're gonna to have that image of Him that is in heaven. And verse 50 says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood, the, one, the body of, all, of sin, that flesh and blood will not inherit or cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit corruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. We shall be changed. There's a change that's coming. When's that, that moment coming? In the moment and in the twinkling light, the last trump for the trump shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall raise, be raised. How? Incorruptible. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought. When then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, "Death is swallowed up in victory." What is the victory? This is the victory. Even our faith. Uh, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not yet even seen. Now I may not see it now. But you know what? I'm not living for what is seen. I'm living for what that is not seen. And so somebody, when they want to debate about the existence of God, give me proof. You're not going to see the proof yet. The proof is in my faith. My faith is my substance. It's in the things not seen. If you want, if you want the proof in corruptible, you're not going to get it from me. But I'm going to give you the proof in the heavenly, that which is going to be in eternity. And so our goal is always in that. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, grave, where's your victory? The sting of death was sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. I want to say this to you. Salvation, walking in the victory of salvation, is what will qualify you to return to the state in which God intended for you to dwell to begin with. Do you hear me? We are getting qualified for heaven. We are being pre-qualified by our relationship with Jesus Christ that boom, one day that trump is going to sound and that corruptible is going to put up incorruptible. That we're going to be changed in the moment. Boom. It's going to, that body of sin is going to be destroyed. That thing that always desired after sin, it's, it's going to be gone. Then you're going to say, man, I hope one day that, man, I'm not always going to struggle. Listen, folks, that is the promise that you and I have in Christ Jesus. That the battle that you're fighting now, that your battle is not in vain. That you are fighting not for a temporal uh, victory, but you're fighting for an eternal victory. And if you will be st stand steadfast, if you'll be unmovable, if you will abound in the work of the Lord to be obedient to the principles that He has given you, you will know that your labor is not in vain. But one day, hallelujah, He is going to change us and transform us into that image that He desired for us to be from the very beginning. But the good news is... It's not going to be like Adam. Adam was born of the earth. We're going to be born of the heavenly. Do you hear me? We're not going to be born after the first Adam. We're not just going to have God walking with us in the cool of the day. We are going to be His body. We have the Holy Ghost dwelling inside of us. And so there is a greater promise, a greater empowerment. There's a greater victory for all of us that, that have faith in the blood of Jesus. We are living or experiencing is just that interim period in which we are waiting for that day. 
Folks, listen. Like my sister quoted, don't be weary in well-doing, but in due season, you'll reap if you do not faint. Folks, there is a reaping coming, and that reaping is the day that we're going to be shed from this, this fleshly body, and God is going to give us a brand new spiritual body that, that does not know the yoke of sin, that does not know that it's not just separated, but the body of sin that lays there as a disciplinary thing is going to be destroyed. And your desire or your appetite or even that, 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 that tendency towards those things, totally gone. Why? Because what you're going to see is the manifestation of the empowerment and the total transformation of what God intended for us. Folks, we are totally out of time this morning. Thank you so much for that. We're going to dive in through verses 7, probably 7 through 10 or 11 in the morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, go do the will of God today. Don't just be a hearer. Go be a doer. Get somebody saved. Preach the gospel of the kingdom. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Got one bit of advice for you as we go. Get into God's Word, and God's Word will get into you.